On this episode of Geek Out Loud, we're catching up on a lot of what has happened lately in the old geek world. We're talking trailers, we're talking movies, and we've got to have a little serious talk when it's all said and done, gang. So stick around on your safe place to geek out. and welcome to Geek Out Loud, the podcast that will continue to be your safe place to geek out, always and forever, always and forever. And I want to go ahead right out of the gate and thank everyone who supports the shows by using the links to Amazon, to Entertainment Earth, to Think Geek, that you can find at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. When you use those links and go to those sites and do your shopping, it really, truly helps us out, and we appreciate everyone who does that. Uh, also, a very huge thank you to everyone who supports us through Patreon, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Now, let's talk a little bit about Patreon. I don't want to start off on a bad note or a bad foot or anything like that, but guys, I got to call myself out. I got to be honest about how in trying to do all this stuff, I have not really carried the ball well with Patreon rewards and making sure that everyone who has donated the level to be on shows has been on shows, and and there are still thousands of people that need T-shirts, and um, and Google Hangouts have been null, you know, and, and it's just um, I have not I have not done a good job, and I just want to personally apologize um, for dropping the ball on this as we move forward in in the coming month of April. I am going to endeavor to work harder uh, to try to make sure um, to make sure that I am I am indeed doing everything that is uh, committed through the Patreon situation. Um, and please understand that my lack of fulfilling these obligations is not a lack of appreciation uh, for all that you have done to support these shows. Um, and and it's not laziness it's disorganization it, there's no good excuse i'm i'm just telling you it's disorganization it's lack of scheduling things appropriately and uh and so i just i want to just go ahead and say to you that as much as i appreciate you even more so i am sorry for not fulfilling the obligations the way that i am supposed to so um so if you could uh if you could bear with me um and and give me one more month on this in fact depending on how things go we may be shutting down patreon in a couple of months i don't know uh it's something to consider and something that we're thinking about um around these parts uh and uh you know i it's it's an embarrassing thing uh for me um to have a patreon at all so i just uh i just want you to know how greatly greatly i appreciate all of you guys and the work you've done and the help you've given the shows. And um, and I also want to, like I said, just apologize. I seek your forgiveness. I seek your understanding. And I seek your further patience um, with 
with all that stuff. Um, I want to give a real special thank you shout out to uh, at Stuffity on the Twitter. He's also Stuffity in the Mixer chat. Stuffity has come through not once, not twice, but three times on providing videos as requested um, by myself on Star Wars Rebel Yell, on Rebel Yell, Disney Vault Talks Rebel Yell, uh, that go along with different things we've either talked about in the show or things that I've specifically asked. Uh, for example, just this morning I wake up and there it is in my box, something we asked for live last night, Thrawn fighting Callus with his theme song, Thrawn Aims to Kill, uh, playing on his little device. <laughs> it was perfect as usual. And Stuffity is absolutely um, gone above and beyond anything I could have imagined. Uh, so just want to say thank you to him. If you're wondering what the Thrawn theme song is, well, once again, our good friend Shaz uh, from Techno Retro Dads came through with a great parody of um, Head to the Hills and uh, a Run for the Hills. And uh, let me give you a little taste here. And I'm telling you, he did the whole song and the the stuff that he drops in there, the the uh, references that are in there are just fantastic. So uh, check out Stuffity's uh, YouTube channel. Let me get a, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll try to get a link. Yeah, the easiest way to get there is by going to geekoutonline.com and there are two blog posts that feature his videos. And if you will check out those videos and just go to YouTube through them, you'll be at Stuffity's channel and um, and be able to see those things. But they are hilarious and so well done. And I thank you so much, Stuffity, personally, for, for doing that. You are this week's featured supporter because of the work you've put in to feature and support the show, and we greatly appreciate that. Uh, the classic Geek Out Loud t-shirt is available at a new place. You go to geekoutonline.com slash tees. Geekoutonline.com slash tees. It's a little more expensive than the previous site, but I think they're a better quality t-shirt from what I understand. And there's also a baby romper you can buy. So that's pretty cool, I guess. Uh, just want to put that out there to you to let you know you can do that. I'm really excited about some things we've got to talk about. So what we're going to do right now is um, we're going to get into some emails. email comes from Raj from the UK in the HK and he says Mr. Steve long time no email after hearing of my contribution to the blank from wherever gimmick I had to email in and represent there's just too much to weigh in on so I'll take a page out of your book and snip it he says Logan oh my Logan that pretty much says it all Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm glad you've been enjoying the Ghost Rider arc and it gets better with all those LMDs running around ever since the Winter Soldier twist the show has just been getting better, but I really think this past year is when the writers were allowed to just go bananas with the universe. I agree. I think there's something about this year where they seem to be free from the shackles of 
the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, and I think that's been one thing that's really helped them. Also having, you know, I mean, calling um, Skylar, Daisy, Quake, you know, being able to do that and having Ghost Rider show up. LMDs is a thing that has been a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. for as long as I can remember. And, um, and so it's just really cool to have these things all kind of coming now into the universe. I think it works great. Marvel's Netflix shows. He says, I've just finished Luke Cage and I'm enjoying the road to the Defenders. However, my little nitpick with all the Netflix series is that each season has just that just two to three episodes too long. They all have that one episode that just really feels like filler. I agree with you. Um, I think the show that did the best job of not having that was Luke Cage. And even then, there was probably a little much, a little bit more than what there needed to be. But I think that they used the time of 13 episodes to the maximum where uh daredevil season one even even toward the end of it there was a couple of episodes where like you could just tell they were stretching out the story to get to you know where they were going daredevil season two is really odd to me because like there's so much i love about it but then it kind of bogs down a little bit the ninja stuff gets a little boggy and then it swings back around and it's got this great series or season finale rather Jessica Jones, I rewatched it recently, and I got to tell you, I forgot how bloody it was. I forgot how hopeless it was. I forgot how just bleak a show it was. And it really, that one that one could have done a six-episode thing and been a lot better. I think that really needed some tightening up. And now Iron Fist has dropped. And <clears throat> people have been all over the page about Iron Fist. And I have to say that I... I saw some of the reviews of like the first six episodes where people were really kind of disappointed with it. Um, and as I was watching, I, I could not feel the same way. I, I, I felt like everything, I felt like what you had were some great characters that seemed to be coming together in a really cool way. And then about episode eight, it all kind of fell apart a little bit. And Erish Schoenweiss, my brother from another mother, he was texting me as we were both kind of watching over the weekend. And, um, it was funny because he was like, here's this guy telling everyone he's the defender of Kun Lun. Of course the hand's going to go take him out. You know, and, and here's this guy saying he's a master of Kung Fu, but he never shows off. I think they really missed a cool opportunity. You know, uh, Luke Cage had a lot of feel of like a a 70s black black exploitation movie without being black exploitation. You know, it's set in Harlem. Uh, it very much focused in on the culture and the people there. But also the 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 soundtrack was such a a funkadelic. It was kind of funky, you know. There was a lot of funk there, a lot of soul music that that kind of drove that thing, and it just really worked for what that whole show was. With this, with Iron Fist, I really felt like they missed the opportunity to to set up like a classic kung fu movie kind of feel to the whole series, um, and instead, you know, they went for the uh, Danny Rand coming back from that. It, you know, in the, in the days where we've got the Arrowverse and Oliver Queen having done that and we're, what, only 10, 11 years removed, 12 years removed from Bruce Wayne doing that and, and Batman Begins, it felt like eh, we could have changed things up a little bit. And I know there are people who are like, well, Danny Rand should have been Asian. And, uh, okay, that's fine. What would it have changed? Nothing. It would have changed absolutely nothing about that show or the story if that were the case. So... You know, so why not just be more like the Danny Rand of the comic book and and just go that route? But you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, I think that what you had in that show was the potential 
with a lot of great characters and a lot of cool story elements. I told Eris this, and I, and I think I go this way. It's like having the pieces to a really great puzzle and not quite assembling them correctly. And I think that's what happened with that show. Um, I enjoyed what I enjoyed, and, and I didn't really like what I didn't really like. you know. And, and so it's not one that I'll probably go back to a lot. But I am looking forward to the Defenders. I really, truly am. Um, Raj goes on. He says, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, season one was not good. Like, really not good. Like, milk past its sell-by date. Not good. But when they saw what was wrong, uh, but they saw what was wrong, fixed it, and season two is actually my number one DCCW show of the year. They're just having fun. I mean, they had an episode with George Lucas with the insert the Super Friends voice, Legion of Doom. The show is now able to reuse the good villains once Arrow and Flash told their story. All I ask is give the show another chance. Lego Batman, and this is a movie that I have not gotten to see. The perfect family-friendly love letter to all of Batman. With almost every inside joke possible. The movie built on the quality of the Lego movie to tell a quality, enjoyable Batman tale. That's all from the geek side of Raj. More emails to follow on the other shows, maybe. You take care, Steve. And again, thank you for the laughs. And that's Raj from the UK in the HK. Thank you, Raj. Tyler says, hi, Steve. I'm a dad of two young geeks, ages five and three. My oldest loves movies that are a series. We have watched all of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, the Disney-owned Marvel movies, and so on. We are currently working our way through the Batman films. And while I was watching Logan today, fantastic film, by the way, he says, I was thinking about the timelines and how I will present them to my son. Should we do the release order or following them in the universe timeline? I'm leaning towards starting with First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, X-Men, X2, X3, and then the Wolverine, but I was just confused <laughs> just writing that. Uh, keep up the acceptable work. You know what? The way that they've done these things, the best thing to do is just go X-Men, X2, X3, and then uh, just do it in the release order. I mean, seriously. I With Days of Future Past, they messed everything. I don't want to say they messed everything up, but they, they reset everything they wanted to reset. So it's a different world. So it's best, I mean... You know, you might not even want to show them X-Men, X-Men 2, and X-Men 3. I don't know what happened. You know, like, at the end of Days of, Days of Future Past, I'm like, well, what what actually happened now? So, that'd be an interesting discussion. i got to have all, my good old friend, Bald-Headed Rod, once he gets an opportunity where he gets free to come on and just talk some X-Men with me. I think it'll be fun fun times with Bald Rod talking X-Men. Talking X-Men on Geek Out Loud with Bald Rod. Um, so, there you go, Tyler. My, my suggestion is just show the release order. Just do it in the release order. That's how we did it, and it's fine. It worked out fine for us. Um, so that is, uh, let's see, there's that. Is there anything else I'm looking at? It's been so long. Um, you know what? I want to give a shout-out to Adagio T. Now, they're not quite necessarily a sponsor, but um, but they reached out. They've got a fandom collection. Uh, you can get there by going to uh adagio.com and check out their signature blends uh and look at fandoms and they have um oh man they've got uh, harry potter themed tees they've got sherlock themed tees they've got uh let's see what else we got um i don't know what this fandom is uh and i don't know what this fandom is uh let's see what else i got doctor who themed tees um Serenity, we all love Serenity and Firefly, so they've got those themed tees. Mylanta, is there a Pride and Prejudice fandom? I guess there is. I see people talking about it all the time. 
But uh, they got some Star Wars-themed teas that I'll probably have to pick up just because of the artwork of the little tea holders. I don't really drink tea. I'm not a tea drinker. They got some Disney-themed ones. So check them out. Adagio, that's A-D-A-G-I-O.com. Look at their signature blend. Look for the fandom. Um, they they sent me out, and I'm going to order some and, and let you know what I think. I'm not a tea drinker, so we'll have to see. Um, I tried to drink some hot tea one time, and it just tasted like nasty swamp water. So you tell me. I don't think I'll do it. But uh, if you enjoy the old tea drinking, um, head on over to adagiotea.com and check them out. I'm not getting any money or anything from them. They just reached out and wanted us to know they had some. And I'm all about it. Why not? Why not help people out in a in a society where people got to make money, man? They got to make a living. Let's help them make a living. They're doing it for the fans. So there's no Tron themed tea, unfortunately, Shaz Bazaar. Um, let me, oh, you know what? Let me check their Disney theme and see what they got down here. Scrolling down. What is this now? Tea for travelers? I don't know what this is. Looks like, uh, I don't know. They, they've got some, see, I, I, I don't know. I don't know geek stuff like I used to. I don't see any Tron themed teas. I'm seeing, uh, some Mulan. I'm seeing some Sleeping Beauty, some Winnie the Pooh, some Frozen, of course. I see Little Mermaid there. There's Lilo and Stitch. Let me click on one of these and see what, see what we got. Uh, Lilo and Stitch, Berry Blues for Stitch, Hibiscus for Lilo, and White Tropics to tie in the Hawaii as well as Blueberries for, for more Stitch. So that's this tea. So try it out. And when you go to order, um, you may randomly get a $5 off coupon. I don't know. So that's a Dodger tea. When you go, let them know you heard about them on Geek Out Loud. Not that they are sponsoring us, but, you know, maybe they'll start. Who knows? That'd be a good thing, right? That'd be a good thing. Um, Adagio T dot or Adagio.com, right? Hold on. What did I tell you guys? I think it's Adagio T, A D A G I O T dot com. I've already closed the window out. <clears throat> Just Adagio.com, A D A G I O.com. Look under their signature blends and, uh, or their fandom blends, and, uh, you'll see. You'll see what they got there. Someone asked if they have Star Trek. Why not? Why don't I just continue to do this and see what we got? on on here sailor moon they got a few people like sailor moon got the boom anime babies maybe the wrong thing um good lord that's just the a's that's just the essays yo essays essay let's see i can't get down there i can't get down there far enough all right why don't we do this star oh yeah they do have some star trek tea look at there so everyone that's wondering they got star wars teas they got uh uh, they got the solo. I'm going to have to try some of these. They, they said they may turn me around on it. So you never know. They got the Dagobah tea. I bet that tastes like dirty swamp water. Who knows? Who knows? So check them out. I'm going to shut up now talking about that. That is our emails for this episode. You can email geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Let's talk about this. Hope you're ready. It'll be here any minute. Is that a rifle? You don't know what a rifle looks like? It's just swords were your thing and guns were mine. But I guess we're both doing guns now. I just didn't know that. Well, that's intense. I see it within you. Fear. Jealousy. Betrayal. It is our duty to cleanse the universe of this weakness. You know, they told
told me you people were conceited douchebags. But that isn't true at all. Dude. Uh, I'm using my wrong eye. Drew, put your seatbelt on. That's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and i got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to it. They, I feel like we've seen so many trailers and so many funny moments. I'm like, can there be anything else? And it's hard to imagine that we've only seen a few minutes of it. It looks like, based on what they're doing uh, at the beginning of that trailer with the big slug, teethy thing, coming, the Rathtar, basically, coming to, <laughs> to them, um, in, in this incarnation of the Guardians in the comics, they actually had set up headquarters at nowhere and were literally defending the galaxy from breaches in the continuum and breaches into other alternate realities and stuff. And they would go and, and fight whatever would come through and seal those things up. So it looks like they may be doing something like that here uh, if it's not just a training exercise because, you know, Groot's just standing there plugging in speakers. Um to include Yondu in the team is really cool. He's got his fin on his head, which was missing in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. We've heard several great songs that we have to assume, based on based on the structure of the trailers of the first movie, we have to assume these songs that we're hearing in these in these uh, trailers are from the Awesome Mix Volume Two, which I think is we don't have to. You don't have to do anything. I'm just telling you that's what I do. But it is just I. This movie was something I was looking forward to and was not disappointed at all in. It's that rare thing where you come out of the theater and you're just like, there was nothing about that I didn't like. Now, later on, I would hear people be like, what do you mean a dance-off at the end? Come on! Get over yourself! Have some fun! I mean, who's going to believe that a mighty warrior like Ronan is going to be distracted with a dance-off? Well, of course he is. He's not used to dealing with an idiot like Peter Quill. I loved it. I thought it was great. I love the moment where they're all joining hands and holding the uh, the Infinity Stone, and and uh, and I love the, uh, the the stuff with the Nova Core and all this. It was just so good. It was so much fun. So I'm just, you know, it looks like they're replicating the same amount of fun and just going even a little bit further with how much into the galaxy they're getting. Kurt Russell, it's been revealed, is playing Ego, uh, Peter Quill's dad, Star Wars dad. And I got to tell you, Ego in the comics is a living, 
planet. So you can take that for what it what it's worth. And <laughs> my point is this: it, when you, I, I really truly believe that when you see Kurt Russell, not only is he more than meets the eye, but I guarantee you, he's probably controlling everything on that planet. And we may actually see him morph into the planet at some point, or or become part of the planet at some point. Um, and that's how long it's been since we've really talked. That trailer dropped like on the 28th of February. So I haven't really gotten it on, on here and geeked out just straight up about some stuff since then. But I am looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy. Then there's this. We have to be ready. You, me, the others. There's an attack coming from far away. Not coming, Bruce. It's already here. The others. Where are they? Arthur Curry. The Aquaman. It's on him. Organic and biomechatronic body parts. He's a cyborg. You should probably move. Barry Allen. Whoever you're looking for, it's not me. You're the Batman. They said the age of heroes would never come again. It has to. again just like a bat i dig it maybe temporary right out of the gate i hope this movie this is justice league by the way that was the trailer you just heard for justice league right out of the gate i hope this trailer does for aquaman what uh what the avengers did for uh the incredible hulk um, I absolutely really did like this trailer. I am, I'm more of the kind of guy that when you get these type of epic characters together in Cyborg, um, that you use epic sounding music. Um, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy trailers work because these are characters we weren't familiar with. You know, the, the general, the old GP, uh, the, the general public, the GP, are you with me? Uh, we got the church beat going on, yeah. Um, the, the, they weren't necessarily, you know, the common, the commoner, if you will, the muggles 
weren't really aware of who the Guardians were. So you could introduce them with a little bit of Blue Sweet. And two, you know, the, these songs were super big hits that, that were that permeated the Guardians. They weren't like your typical, uh, you hear these in every movie kind of thing. And with Come Together playing, I don't know, I just kind of wanted, you know, a little bit, um, a little bit something more, uh, a little bit something more, uh, you know, epic sounding. But that's my only criticism. That and the fact that when Cyborg speaks, the ADR there is off or something. Um, in that one moment when he speaks, it looks it looks really weird. Uh, I, I look. I'm going to be in the theater to watch this movie, and I'm really hoping that it's really good. DC has their honestly one for three right now with me. You know, I I I like what Man of Steel could have been. I like what Batman v Superman could have been, and um, I liked Suicide Squad, but I, you know, Justice League. It looks like they're turning a corner. It looks like they're trying to be a little bit closer to Marvel, and that's fine. You know, that is fine. Uh, I don't mind them doing that. I said from the get go they should just copy the copy the Marvel method. What's really interesting to me is what's happening on TV seems to get it a little bit more, especially with the Flash and Supergirl. You know, seems to get a little bit more about what makes superhero movies and in, in these in these genres work is that you you got to have some heart in there. You got to make people feel it. And I feel like all of these movies have tried to be too important. They've been trying to be too big. And I know that I'm in. I, I think I'm in the minority in that opinion. Um, I don't hate them. I just I'm not. You know, I, I I'm just not a big fan. And I feel like that when you're dealing with the DC characters. Let me say this. DC characters, as as popular and as household name-ish as uh, these Marvel characters have become because of these movies, uh, Iron Man will never be as big or as popular or as legendary as Batman. Uh, none of them will ever be as legendary as Superman or Wonder Woman. And that's okay. You know, the closest that Marvel has ever gotten to that type of legendary status is Spider-Man. And... And so I feel like when you're dealing with these types of legends that you have to treat them in a legendary way. And, and I hope that that's what will be happening. I hope that as, as legendary as there are, they'll also be accessible. And let's be honest, everybody. Who, who doesn't want to hear this in a Justice League movie? I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, listen, put this to Batman and Aquaman riding down the road with Aquaman hanging on the Batmobile, you know, start to cut this thing together. And then when you hit the, uh, when you hit the big, when you hit the big shot of all of them standing there together, then you hit the dun, 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 dun. I'm telling you the, the old challenge of the super friends theme. Uh, from way back when, banded together from remotest parts of the galaxy, come 13 of the world. You know, it's got this, you know, this intense um, moment of uh, uh, music of like, oh, this is bad. This is not good. And and it works when it when it cranks into that Super Friends theme. It just it works. And I would love to see a nod to that. And I don't think it's inappropriate. And I don't think. And, and, and I don't think that it's un, improper to ask for stuff like that, you know? It's the same thing as wanting to hear... Here we go. Banded together from remote galaxies... Listen to that music. ...are 13 of the most sinister villains of all time. 
the Legion of Doom. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. Only one group dares to challenge this intergalactic threat, the Super Friends. I mean, come on. You know, when it hits that... Um, I just, I think that, it, I don't think it's inappropriate to ask for things like this. We asked for the touch and Transformers never got it. Uh, I feel like they missed a huge opportunity in the GI Joe movies by not including some version of the GI Joe theme. We're going to get to a movie that has incorporated its original theme from its original television incarnation very well here momentarily. Uh, so stand by. Um, but I, look, I hope that they have fun with it as well as treat it legendary. It's a fine line to walk, but, uh, of course, of course, my tail will be in the movie theater for that. And then there's this. Or an interview? Do me a favor. Can't you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Just stay close to the ground. You're the Spider-Man from YouTube. Can you summon an army of spiders? No, Ned, no. Do you know him too? Stole a shield. Can I try the suit on? Badass. The rich and the powerful, like Stark, they don't care about us. The world's changing, boys. Time we change, too. These weapons are crazy dangerous. Listen, Peter, forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. The illegal weapons barrier was at 2.30. You missed it. I was just trying to be like you. I wanted you to be better. I'm gonna need the suit back. But I'm nothing without this suit. If you're nothing without this suit, then you shouldn't have it. I screwed up. You need to stop carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. I want you to understand. I'll do anything to protect my family. I know you know what I'm talking about. So don't mess with me. I will kill you and everybody you love. My friends are up there. That guy is still out there. I just got to do this on my own. Just don't do anything stupid. I can't miss it. All right? Yeah. I mean, come on, get here, July. I'm looking forward to Spider-Man: Homecoming. I, uh, I, <laughs> I've got a friend that said it was Iron Man Four. I don't know. I think we're. I think we've seen what we're going to see of Tony Stark. I think. I think maybe he's in 20 minutes worth, probably, of this movie. It, it would seem, and then maybe he'll swing back around at the end. Um, 
the uh, the vulture look is pretty cool in as much as he's got that jacket with the fur lining. If you look at the original vulture, he had this weird green tight suit on, and there was fur up around the uh, the neck and collarbone era, area. And uh, his wings were a little more feathery than what these are. These are obviously mechanical wings that are going to be that he's going to be carried on. But man, I'm sorry, Michael Keaton seems as villainous as you want him to seem when when he's on screen there in these in, in this trailer at least um look this is everything we've wanted from spider-man to be inserted into the marvel cinematic universe there is a downside to you know wanting to get tony stark in there and have you know all that happen and and the fact that spider-man was actually introduced in the marvel cinematic universe in civil war uh spider-man works best um in my opinion, one one of the ways that Spider-Man works best is when he's on his own. And it looks like he's going to be forced to be on his own in this movie. I, I like the fact that he's having to, uh, looks like in the trailer, put on his old suit. Put on the suit that he designed for himself because Stark is taking away the uh, the one that he gave him. Uh, and, and so it looks like it's going to be Spider-Man earning his webs again, basically. So, I, look, I'm all about it. I'm looking forward to it. You know. You know I'm going to be there. So, and look, we talked about the whole Avengers Infinity War thing already where we see Tom Holland and Tony, or maybe we didn't. I talked about it somewhere. Um, but man, that in, that Avengers Infinity War with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt and Robert Downey Jr. standing on set together. I mean, you those really have become the three, you know, three big names. I mean, it's Spider-Man, Iron Man, and Star-Lord for crying out loud. Just bring on Thor and Cap, you know, just bring them in and, and have them. I wish what they would have done is had Thor and Cap uh, photobomb them. But it also can't forget when we head into Infinity War, Stark and Cap are dots. Cap's on, the, Cap's on the run. He's hiding. Cap on the run. Cap on the run. So, why am I running my mouth? So Spider-Man Homecoming, looking forward to it. Can't wait to talk further in depth about it once it comes out and, and we've we've all seen it and, and I've seen it and that sort of thing. Um, by way of announcement, before we move on, um, we will be doing Not at Celebration coverage in April. Star Wars Celebration is coming up in just a couple of weeks. We will be doing Not at Celebration coverage. They're going to be live streaming the uh, the event. So I'll be watching. I'll have that thing rolling um, throughout the day and then in the at the end of the day, We'll go live uh, with our thoughts on not at celebrate on, on celebration. We'll be trying to bring people in from the floor, people who are out there and enjoying it. Uh, we'll we'll be trying to talk to them a little bit and see what their experience has been like. But mostly reacting to some of the news of the day from each day of Star Wars celebration. So get ready for that. Geek Out Loud bringing back not at celebration coverage this year, and apparently it'll be the last not at celebration coverage until 2019. Um. A couple other things. What are we? What am I geeking out about? I saw Logan, everybody. I saw Logan. No spoilers here. Um, even though it's a little bit old, no spoilers here. I, I don't really want to talk about it in depth because I don't think I was as high on this one as everyone else is. I'm not saying it's not a good movie. I'm not saying that that it's not what it was supposed to be. Uh, for me, I like a little hope in my superhero movies. I like my superheroes to rise above in the best way possible and win the day. And I would have liked to have had a little hope at the end of this. Um, the original storyline that Bendis wrote in the comics actually ends with old man Logan hopping in a truck and heading out into the country to go and 
and, and, and round up superheroes to set things right that have gone wrong. That whole storyline of Old Man Logan, I'd never read it before. I read it before I went and saw this movie. It's one of the most depressing things I've ever read in my life. And I don't like superheroes to be depressing. Somewhere in our culture, we've, we've come to the point that for some reason, we've, we've turned superheroes into things for people my age. And I don't, I don't know that I like that. I really don't. I don't know that I like PG-13 superhero movies. I don't know that I like uh, bad language in superhero movies. I don't know that I like rated R superhero movies. I don't know that I like ultraviolet superhero movies when they're these classic characters that have been around for years and years and years and years. And I know that Wolverine lends himself to violence. And so I, I can't really complain about that in this movie. In fact, the action scenes were off the charts. The fight scenes were fantastic. Um, it's just the feeling of hopelessness that I was left with uh, upon watching this movie. And especially knowing how Logan gets in the situation he's in in the comics. And I don't know if it, that's the case in this movie. Um that's the interesting thing or where have all the mutants gone and um in old man logan in the brian in the brian michael bendis storyline the it's basically what happens is acts of vengeance ramped up all of the supervillains get together and like we outnumber them we can take them out we just have to make it all we have to get together and do a concerted attack all at once and they all do except for one place and that's at x mansion and mysterio shows up and causes uh, Wolverine to hallucinate and think he's fighting supervillains, and he's rushing through and killing every single one of them. And then Mysterio lets the hallucination go away, and uh, Wolverine finds out he's been fighting the X-Men, and he killed every single one of them. So he's carrying that burden through the rest of his days. He just leaves. He's got he It breaks him, and he just leaves. Um, this is in the comic book. And so we pick up on... It's basically Unforgiven, in a way, that the story of, of, of Old Man Logan is kind of the story of Unforgiven. And, um, <clears throat> and, he, uh, and he ends up going with Old Hawkeye across country to make a delivery that ends up just being a sting operation to take out Hawkeye. Red Skull is the president. He's ruling everything. And they actually do a flashback and show the death of Captain America. And it's one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in my life. I like good to triumph over evil, so sue me. Um, and in this, uh, and in this particular movie in Logan, in the, um, in, in the X-Men uh, cinematic universe, if you will, um, I don't know. I just, I, I came away feeling like, uh, this is, this hurts a little bit. I don't know that I, I, I didn't leave as happy as I wanted to. And I, and that's not me saying that people who have loved it are wrong. I'm just saying that for me, it's not my taste in a superhero movie. Um, I liked the Wolverine, the second in this in this Wolverine trilogy. I didn't have a problem with X Men Origins outside of the stuff they did with uh, Deadpool, um, you know. But, uh, but outside of that, I I dug. I, I was okay with X Men Origins Wolverine, and I was okay with um, uh, with the Wolverine. I thought it was pretty cool. But this was a little bit of a different twist and a little different take for me so i don't know i i yeah you know, i'll it's one of those movies i'll probably to me i'll tell you what i walked out thinking this is a movie that when it's on tv i won't be able to not watch that it, it's that kind of movie where i walk out thinking i probably don't like this but i won't help but be able to watch it and the more i watch it then the more i'll find out reasons to like it um just a lot of times first viewing on movies like this uh, i walk away thinking uh that hurt but i immediately after watching logan uh saw skull island kong skull island 
If you recall, and I'm and I'm absolutely 100% willing to admit this, back when the first teaser dropped, I was talking to Eric Chernovice, and I said, eh, doesn't look like it's going to be for me. The more trailers that came out, the more my opinion changed. And uh, <clears throat> when I saw this, I, I want you to tell you, I've done a full 180 and run miles away from my first opinion based on the teaser, based on that first teaser. I love this movie. I, it was absolutely wonderful and I, and there are people who are like they know this is all building toward uh the godzilla versus king kong and having a whole big kaiju universe and that sort of thing a kaiju universe if you will kaiju universe uh someone someone write it down mark the time mark the place kaiju universe um here's the thing i i would love to see king kong at the size he is take on godzilla because what you'd have is this ape you know, swinging around, grabbing on things, climbing on things, throwing things, you know, using his speed against the strength of Godzilla. But they say he's not stu- he's not stopped growing yet. He's a, he's a relatively young uh, giant ape. So, you know, he'll obviously be bigger when he fights Godzilla, but I hope he's still a little bit smaller than Godzilla and he's able to, you know, so you got the speed versus the strength and that sort of thing. I absolutely uh, am looking forward to more of these. Bring on Godzilla 2. Bring on Godzilla and King Kong. There is a there is a uh, there's a coda in this movie, a, a post credit sequence that is it's it's so good. <laughs> it's so good because of what it's showing, and and I don't know that they have these actual. Here's the thing: I would say I don't know that they have these actual kaiju from um, from from Toho, except that they give credit to Toho in the credits for what they're doing i don't i see that there's some people in the chat who has not who have not seen kong skull island and so i don't want to i don't want to spoil anything but that post credit sequence man come on come on i mothra rodan gojira uh not gojira uh uh oh oh my gosh three-headed three-headed dragon man anyhow really good stuff <laughs> i really dug it and john c Riley, come on who mm, that guy will make you laugh and he'll turn around and make you cry and this movie did all that this movie did all of that of course it took a few pot shots you know at the climate at the culture you know john goodman at the beginning said yeah so i think the, the country will never be more screwed up than it is now because it's in the 70s it fell into the vietnam situation hello I see what you did there, Kong Skull Island. It's good stuff. I, I see, I see you. I'm like, I'm like one of those Avatar people. I see you, Jake Sully. Um, well, uh, where do we go from here? Except to say. Yesterday afternoon, I went and I sat down in a movie theater to uh, to go see a movie that I'd said I was going to go see, but I could not believe that I was actually going to go see. I'm I'm talking about a little movie called Power Rangers.
Hit that guitar! Oh my Atlanta. Let me tell you something. A power in a voice that you never seen before. I can't let it stop. I can't I can't stop it. They've got the ability to morph into even the fun score. Sing it if you know it. Come on. No one will ever take them down. The power. The power lies on their side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, go, go, Power Rangers! Guys, I, oh, don't do that, Glosson. You were, you were having so much fun, and then you used that stupid term. Everybody, everybody, listen to me. Listen to me. Everyone, just shut up and listen. Everyone, everyone, I have a very important announcement. This is a good movie. <laughs> this is a good, fun movie. There is no getting around it. This is such a fun time. I went in and I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Why didn't I just wait for it to come out on video? And um, here are the things that had to happen in this movie for me. Uh, they had to, um, they had to morph, they had to drive their zords, they had to form Megazord, and I wanted the theme. Now, I had heard already, I'd been listening to Tyler Bates' score for Power Rangers, and I gotta tell you, it's a good score. Um, it, it's one of the things that got me really pumped up for this movie. Let me see if I can play a little bit of it for you here. Um... It's it's a really it is a good score. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, it's worth your time. It's streaming. You can stream it on uh, on Amazon Unlimited. I don't know if it's on Spotify. But uh, this whole thing, I I, I don't want to spoil it because I know it's relatively new still, and I, I don't want to ruin too many surprises. And so I, I won't do that. I will say this. It moves slowly for about the first half of the movie. Um, and, and the reason it does is because they really are trying to take their time and set up who each of these kids are uh, so, that you, so that you're invested in them. Back in the day, back in the 90s with the old show, you just met these kids and, you know, they were all pretty good kids. You know, they were teenagers with attitude, according to Zordon. But by and large, they're pretty good kids. Listen to this. I mean, it's it, it's playing this like it's this epic, amazing thing, you know, that you're going to see, and they really do. I mean, if I can be honest, they do a really good job of of you getting to know these kids. In the '90s shows, I was saying they're good kids, and they're always doing stuff together, and they're always like, you know, I mean, there's there in the in the, in the original Power Rangers movie, I think there was a skydiving scene, um, 
you're supposed to believe these kids are teenagers and they and they're like the kids that in a way they're like the kids in at at, uh, at Bayside. They're always doing something, you know, something that no, you know, that no high school kid always did something of this. You know, you had your kids that may do this, and you had your kids that may do this. They did it all, and they're always raising funds. Of course, they're school bullies and everything. But um, but you never, you know, every because you wanted to get to the Power Rangers part in a twenty-two minute episode, you got to get to the Power Rangers part, and so a lot of times it would just move real fast. Well, here they really took their time. With each individual kid, especially uh, Jason, Kimberly, and Billy. Zach, you get to know a little bit later on in the movie, as well as Trini. And Trini is the outcast's outcast. And Kimberly is the cool cheerleader chick who's fallen from grace. And Jason is the jock, you know, the star athlete in the school who's fallen from grace. Billy is the the nerd, and he even says, I'm on the spectrum. You know, he, he's got he's kind of Sheldon Cooper ramped up, you know, a little bit. And, um, and Zach is just this thrill seeker who is, who's putting on a tough exterior to kind of hide what's really the turmoil that's really going on with him based on what's happening at home. And, and what you find out is what's presented in the movie are a bunch of rebellious punk kids. But what you get in this are a bunch of kids who are just good. They're misunderstood. They've made some bad decisions and now they're dealing with those things. And in the course of that, they find these. Uh, <clears throat> they find these uh, these coins, you know, the 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 morphing coins, the Power Ranger coins, and uh, they end up meeting Zordon and Alpha and all this good stuff, and and they start to train to be Power Rangers, and eventually, meanwhile, Rita is coming back, literally coming back from the dead, practically, and and wanting just to destroy. Her whole goal is to destroy the world. She wants to destroy the world, um, and 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 it happens to be uh, that to do this, she needs some gold to re-energize herself and to create Goldar. So um, Goldar looks nothing like he does in the show. It doesn't look like a monkey wearing a bunch of gold. He literally is a monster made all of gold. And these guys have a limited amount of time. They do a really good job of saying, you've got this much time before she's back to full power, and you have to stop her. And you better get all your powers under control by then, uh, and or or we're in trouble. And it's a great thing of these guys coming together. There were tears shed by yours truly, watching this thing. Um, there there were moments where I welled up, not not out of oh that's awesome they got this right. Out of I became unexpectedly attached to these characters and and what they were going through and. And what was happening, I was emotionally invested in these guys. As slowly as it was moving, as slowly as this thing was moving, I was still invested in it. And then when it cranks it up, I mean, it cranks it up to to 11. And, and you know what? I don't want to ruin, again, I don't want to ruin any surprises or any cool stuff for you, but they really did a good job of calling back to the original show of... Um, even with like some some phrases here and there and some various and sundry cameos and that sort of thing uh there is a post-credit sequence that is fun um you know back in the day the rangers would always when they were in their street garb be wearing their be wearing the color of their ranger suit and that kind of happens here but it's done a lot more subtly and um 
and in fact, like to the point that their houses have different walls, you know, the, the rooms and walls painted in their color and stuff. So it's it's really, really well done. But listen to this. This is this is the track "Let's Ride" from the score. And there's something here that's never that I never hear in the movie that was kind of disappointing. I was so stoked when, when there was a preview of this soundtrack released uh, the other day on YouTube. And when that thing hit, I'm like, yes! And then it wasn't in the movie. And I was a little disappointed. Um, but, uh, but, but, spoiler alert, this is in the movie. Oh crap! Well, edit. <laughs> um, spoiler alert: th this is in the movie. Not that part per se, but I'm telling you what: there is a moment, and I don't mean to ruin it for you, but there is a moment where this kicks in, and I almost stood up and cheered in the theater. And I don't, and, and look, I don't know if it was a re-recording. I don't know if it was a a uh, just a a remix of the original song. That what I played for you was actually from the original Power Rangers movie, which, to be honest, to be honest, isn't necessarily as good as um as the original version. It's good. Listen to this though. Listen to how this jams. That's a, look. Here's the thing. Why am I, why do I care about Power Rangers? The year was like 1993, 1994. I was a junior in high school when when this whole thing started, and it would come on at like seven in the morning on our local Fox affiliate, and uh, and I just saw. And the, the reason I knew it was happening is because when I'd come home from school in the afternoon, if I didn't have to work, I would pop on the TV. Um, two things: Tasmania. And Animaniacs, two of the greatest cartoons to come out of the 90s. Tasmania and Animaniacs, next to Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, and the Justice League cartoon. Um, but yeah, I would definitely, I would uh, I, I would turn those on and just and laugh. And during the commercials, they would show Power Rangers. And the, and the nearly about to graduate teenager in me saw that and thought Voltron. And so I had to check it out and see what it was about. And I kind of get sucked in, especially in some of those episodes where they got into like a whole mythology with it and everything. You know, the Green Ranger saga and then the White Ranger situation. I really got into this stuff when they got New Zords, you know. And then I fell out. You know, I, I didn't stick around for Zeo or any of the any of the further incarnations I didn't stick around for. But those original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, 
I was into it. And I'd watch it with my little brother. You know, we'd talk about it and stuff. So it was a cool thing. You know, it was a cool thing we kind of had. And um, it was a cool thing to watch and, and see. And, and uh, I, I even got up one Saturday morning when, when they had moved to Saturday mornings on our local Fox affiliate because of the new season. And they were going to be bringing in the White Ranger. And they were all getting new Zords and stuff. And so I was pretty stoked about that. And, and, and I watched that situation. But, you know, and it's not like I was like, oh, I'm the biggest Power Ranger fan ever. I love Power Rangers. And I would not, I would never, you know, buy the DVDs or stuff. What I am interested to see is if, they, if they've got an English dub of it or a good subtitle dub of it, I'd love to watch the Super Sentai that they're all based on. I, I've watched some side-by-side -side comparisons of, like, different introductions and everything. And the Super Sentai seems pretty interesting, like the storylines and everything they do with that. But, um, but look, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie, and I can't, I can't suggest enough to go see it. Um, never, nothing. They do a good job of skirting some lines, uh, you know, of communicating things that if you've got kids with you that it may go right over their heads what's happening, you know, but you understand what's going on, but still communicating. For example, with Kimberly, she does something, and the whole point is she's just a bad person because she did this, and it makes it, and they never get too specific. They never get too, you understand that she's done, you understand what she's done, but the fullness of what she's done is going to fly over a 10-year-old's head, hopefully. Um but for an adult, we understand the gravity. Well, the 10 year old will get is, oh, wow, she said something really mean about somebody and she feels bad about it. You know, um, what we see Jason doing, you know, the mistakes he makes are just that. They're stupid teenage mistakes that he has to pay a pretty high price for. Um, they try to do a breakfast clubbish kind of thing that kind of works a little bit, but not fully. It doesn't fully work out, but it's fine. You know, but uh, I, I would suggest watch it, enjoy it. And just go to have fun because um, because it's the it's the it's the flipping Power Rangers, man. Come on, that's some good. The Power Rangers are good stuff. They're fun, man. It's good stuff. And and the fact that they didn't shy away from where they originally came, I think, is key. Because so many of these movies that are based on these properties that you know we're moving out of an era where movies are based on properties in the '80s, and now that we're getting into that '90s era of, of things being based on those and. And so many of those movies, they try to eschew the things that worked and and that didn't like, or they'll make, or they feel like may make them seem too juvenile. Uh, but this did not do that. This went this went there, and and I I commend you, Power Rangers. One day we're gonna have to listen to the music of the Power Rangers and talk about it because it's some good stuff. Listen. I hope there's. I hope that it does enough business to have a sequel or two. I hope that we see. Um, I hope that we see. Uh, how was Brian Cranston Zordon? Still see asking the chat. It was good stuff. Brian Cranston was good. Uh, it wasn't too much Brian Cranston, but it was enough Zordon, and it really worked. And you'll see him in a surprising way as Zordon if you go see the movie. Go check it out. I recommend it. Uh, someone else said you'll cry over the kids in Power Rangers, but you won't shed a tear for Wolverine. Uh, you know what? I got a little choked up with, at a moment. There was a moment where I got a little choked up with with that, uh, with Logan. So calm down. Just calm down. Um, <clears throat> so, all right. Um, at this time in the podcast, uh, I got to get a little serious about some stuff. 
And look, we love to have fun, and that's what the show's all about. So if you don't want to uh, to listen to the serious stuff, I would say skip ahead. If you're listening to this via podcast, I would say skip ahead about ten minutes. If you're in the live chat and you feel like it's time to go because you don't want to get serious, uh, that's fine. That's your prerogative. Um, but skip ahead ten minutes, starting now. All right, gang. Um, before I get into this, I want you to understand that I'm not a victim. And I'm not taking the role of a victim. Uh, I am not um, trying to use my offense or being offended as a weapon. Uh, my feelings are not hurt, and I don't think I don't think people are bad people. All right. So I want to say that from the outset. When I started Geek Out Loud. Way back when, I did it because I wanted to have fun about the things I loved. And that's all I wanted. All I wanted to do was a podcast where I could just come on and talk about, hey, I love Back to the Future. Hey, I'm really enjoying Smallville. Hey, Star Wars is great. Uh, that's, that's what I wanted it to be. The thing is, is somewhere in there, and you want listeners, you want people to come along for this ride with you. If you don't, then, you know, then you're just, you're kind of crazy for doing the work to put it out there. Go get on the phone and talk to a friend. I didn't have any friends to really talk this stuff through with at the time, um, but through this podcast and through a little bit of shameless self-promotion, I met a lot of friends and met a lot of great people. I got pulled into this great community of fans of all genres. I would never have watched Doctor Who had it not been for doing Geek Out Loud. I would have never, there's a lot of stuff that I would have never introduced myself to, but I did thanks to the Goloverse, and, and it's been a fun, fun ride. When um, when this started, and then when I would find myself on Starkville House of L, the biggest controversies we faced were people getting angry at each other over whether Clark and Chloe should be together in Smallville. Um, you had a few isolated incidents where people were like saying hateful things, but that's why I started Geek Out Loud was just to stop all that silliness and just stop being hateful and stop being rude and just celebrate what you enjoy and ignore the stuff you don't. And if people disagree with you, that's fine. They disagree with you about the stuff you like. It's You're not a bad person if you don't like Star Wars. You're not a bad person if you don't like Marvel or DC. But if we can have some fun conversations where we kind of bust each other's chops about it and, and still come away laughing, then good. Then we've had a good time together. Um, in recent years, though, fandom has become less and less about, I love this, it's so much fun. And people have brought it to this new level of importance and meaningfulness. And, and a while back, they started calling for in, inclusivity and, and equal representation, and that's not a bad thing at all. Until it's used as a weapon against other fans who like something just because they like it. Um, you know, and, and, it's, and it's not wrong until it's used as a weapon against other fans who, who don't want to bring that, type, that level of conversation. They just want to have something made and it be enjoyed. Now, there have been examples of people being absolutely ridiculous about stuff. When people were griping about the remake of the Ghostbusters and people were saying, well, they were se if, if you don't think they should be remaking this, you're sexist. Well, how about if you don't think they should be remaking this, you just love the first one so much and you don't want to see it remade unless it's a sequel? What's wrong with that? However, there were some hateful people online who really did take it to sexist and even racist points of view that are just uncalled for and they're rude and there's no sense in it and it's wrong. Understand that hate and racism, sexism, misogyny, it's wrong. 
There's, it's, it's stupid. Racism is the dumbest thing in the world. To dislike someone because of the color of their skin is idiotic, and it shows a level of ignorance to biology. It shows a level of ignorance to humanity that is just beyond the pale. To say that uh, that that uh, you know that the anything I you can do I can do better is is not a good thing. You know that listen to not include women in our fandom is stupid. It's dumb. I can tell you as someone who went through all his life loving Star Wars that if a girl liked Star Wars, I was down with her quicker than I was a dude that liked Star Wars. You know why? Because suddenly it was easy to talk to this girl. And, you know, so so that level of attitude in fandom is stupid. And I think that anyone who would say it's not stupid doesn't understand how stupid it really is. But at the same time, anyone who would use those as weapons to attack someone with those words, it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong, especially if you don't know the people, especially if you don't know the person. So rather than go on a full-scale attack, just ignore them. That's what, that's what works, you know. Take away your listenership of them and trust that the good nature of other people will win out as well, you know, or communicate with them about your problems. I've had, I've said some things as a white conservative fundamentalist on my shows where I've had emails from people who have questioned what I've said and been unhappy with the things I've said. And you know what? I appreciated the fact that they emailed me and that we were able to talk it out and, and have a real conversation back and forth rather than a shouting match in 140 characters rather than them going on to whatever fan site they're a part of, whatever message board they're a part of, and tearing me down and telling other people they should be tearing me down. But what has happened in our community now is that everyone has to be so careful and so mindful of what they say not to offend anyone. Because if they do, then suddenly someone's going to, the offended will take the moral high ground based on nothing but their offense and begin to sling the arrows and the stones and the rocks. We call this gatekeeping. And they use that term to say, well, these people are a fan, and they say that no one else can be a fan unless they're just like them. This kind of crap's been going on for years in fan communities. Well, if you don't like the Star Wars books, then you're not a real Star Wars fan. If you don't like the prequels, you're not a real Star Wars fan. If you don't blah, 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 you're not a real fan. If you don't like all versions of Voltron, Lion Cars, the Nicktoons version, and now the Netflix series, you're not a real Voltron fan. If you don't like Superman from the Golden Age, then you don't really know Superman. If you don't like Batman, then you're just an idiot because Batman's the best. And you can't say you like superheroes if you don't like Batman. And, you know, if you, it's Marvel or DC. And it's not a fun thing. It's a, well, you can't really call yourself a fan. And that's where it gets wrong. So what we do is we take that idea, and the minute someone may joke or the minute someone may kind of just have fun or poke fun a little bit, then suddenly, oh, my God, they're a gatekeeper. And, 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 and we begin to take a moral high ground against those people to start attacking them with our offense. The problem with this is not that the points of inclusivity and representation are invalid points. They're valid. But I will say this, and again, I'm not a victim. But I'm a white conservative fundamentalist, and I've never seen 
I've seldom, let me not say never, let me say I've seldom seen, I can't in this moment recall someone in the mediums that I love, the geek mediums, portrayed as a conservative being a good thing. I and I and I'm not saying it's not there. I'm saying that right now in this moment, I can't recall it. The thing is, is once you get the inclusivity, it's never enough. Jen Urso was a character in one of the most diverse cast of main characters ever assembled in a big budget movie. Talking about Rogue One, Felicity played her incredibly well. And she was the lead. She was the lead character of that movie, a female lead in an action sci-fi adventure movie surrounded by a supporting cast, the most diverse supporting cast of any big budget movie to my recollection, to my knowledge. But all of a sudden people start saying, well, here we go again, another white brunette girl. See, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough that there was there was diversity on the cast. It wasn't enough that 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 there's someone who's saying it was so great to have a Mexican uh, represented with and, and who did not eschew his accent. You know, there's a great piece about a girl taking her dad to see this movie and, and he has a, he has a strong Mexican accent and he was blown away that, uh, that Diego Luna chose not to cover up his accent on the screen. And that meant something to that dude, but that's not enough. You see, that's not enough. There has to be more. Everyone's loving the Wonder Woman trailer. That Wonder Woman trailer is beautiful. It's awesome. It's amazing. It gets me excited about Wonder Woman. First through the door of the solo female superhero genre movies of the modern era. And suddenly, well, why are armpits shaved? I don't think they'd be shaving at Themyscira. Is that, is that the issue? See, it's not enough. It's not enough. We have to push it more. We have to find something to have a problem with. We have to have something to take issue with. Meanwhile, in the real world, there are huge problems, like the one that Ashton Kutcher is throwing all kinds of money and time right now to fight. He's spending tons of it. He's going before Congress with tears in his eyes. I'm talking about the human trafficking and the sex trafficking and all this stuff that's going on right under our noses. What are we doing to fight that? Because I'm going to tell you something. Diana of Themyscira having armpit hair is not going to fight that real, very real issue. It's just easier to get online and tweet stupid stuff, you see. It's easier to attack these problems from a place of this is just, I'm offended. I'm not happy with this. And then there's a situation that starts this rant that I'm on currently. And of course... I'm talking about a situation with uh, Rebel Force Radio. Rebel Force Radio is the premier Star Wars podcast on the internet. All right? That does not, being the first through the door, being the best through the door, uh, being being 10 years in and, and including fans, that does not give anyone a pass to be hateful. That does not give the host the pass to be um, to be rude. It does not give the host a pass to to be racist, sexist, misogynist, any of this stuff. All right? What it does do, though, is it requires a certain level of kindness and a certain level of understanding toward your listeners and toward people. And, and it requires that you mind your P's and Q's, apparently. Several months ago, uh, in the build-up to the release of Star Wars Rogue One, or Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, 
Jimmy Mack had the good fortune to be at Lucasfilm as part of a press junket type situation. And the situation arose during a press conference where a reporter asked of Kathleen Kennedy why there are no female Star Wars directors that have been announced. It seemed, uh, you know, it was her one, it was this reporter's one shot to be able to have this type of platform, to have this type of audience, I should say, with Kathleen Kennedy to ask this question. Um, the, the, the timing, it was ill-timed, to be honest. It was a fun time, apparently, being had by all. And, and, and I heard the audio, and this reporter got a little bit confrontational with Miss Kennedy, and Miss Kennedy shut her down in, in, in a very abrupt way, and it was kind of awkward for a moment. Well, Jimmy brought this to the table, saying this was the one kind of dim moment of the weekend. Uh, and the point that was being made was, it was an ill-timed question at an inappropriate time. And, but the nature of the question and the nature of Kathleen Kennedy's answer not apparently being enough for people uh, caused the guys to have a discussion about the things I've been talking about right now. About this, about this, this desire to see all this stuff happen and, 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 and acting like this is going to solve all the world's ills and, and all of this kind of stuff. And uh, in, in said discussion, you know, they got a little personal with the reporter in question. Now, quite frankly, um, I listened to it and I understood where they were coming from and I understood their point and I was kind of shocked that they, the, the direction they went in, but I don't know. But the problem is, is I, I guess I agreed with their overall point. And so I didn't walk away offended by anything they said. But again, remember, I'm a white conservative fundamentalist male. Uh, some people did have a problem. In fact, Twitter blew up. And in the moment of Twitter blowing up, what was interesting to me is the people that had a problem never in their tweets tagged Rebel Force. They never at Rebel Force radioed anything. They, they chose to have this conversation kind of in the blind, if you will. And it was, quite frankly, led and egged on by one individual who... Um, who knows the guys and who's had dealings with the guys and who left unhappy with the guys. So in the next episode, the guys apologize. This is very important. The guys gave a very heartfelt apology. What's interesting is they apologized for the way they went after this reporter personally. They did not apologize for their stance on the issue, which I think is very important because they did not back down from their belief about the problem in fandom and the issues that this causes but they did back down and say, listen, we were wrong for the way we went after this individual person. We've removed the offensive content from the previous episode, and it will not, when people go back through the archives, it won't be there so as to not offend people, so as to not perpetually offend. They did the work to fix the problem. That's important in what's coming. But now, <clears throat> since then, um, Here's what I know. My friends have been baselessly attacked. There's jokes that they've told that are now being quoted and taken out of context on a Tumblr site devoted to everything that they've said and done. Wrong, according to this group of people. Uh, and, they're, and, and these things being taken out of context are being used to paint Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack in, in a really bad light. And they're really decent guys. Now, I messed up the other night. I went on Twitter. All this was happening in the course of them having a having a slot at the podcast stage at Star Wars Celebration and people beginning to call for that to be taken away. In fact, 
promoting. Now, they'll tell you they didn't try to get a campaign together, but I saw people promoting and putting the email out there to email and say that they didn't want this at Celebration. I also saw a tweet where someone said, we should stay for this podcast and then stick around for their podcast to let them know how they feel about it. That is intimating that they were going to be disruptive. Maybe not a full-on protest, but be disruptive to these guys' time on the podcast stage. I was tired, I was frustrated, and I did something that you should never do. I engaged Twitter. And I actually went because I wanted to not be a chicken. I wanted to not be someone who hides behind a keyboard. I tweet under my real name, at Steve Glosson. And so I went to actual people who were saying these things and tweeted at them to kind of confront them about the, the actions they were taking and the things that they were saying. Well, this set off a storm on me. I wanted hate mail. I got the tweets. And I, you know what? To be fair, no one was being overly hateful toward me in those tweets. But I was getting a deluge of them. So much so that I could not keep up with, uh, with, with replies and that sort of thing. And again, it was my mistake. You don't engage on Twitter. That You just don't. It's 140 characters and you end up... You know, it, it really comes down to who can type the fastest and, and, and have the last word. And I just, I was done and I needed to go to bed. And so I did. I went to bed very frustrated very be, for my friend's sake. Because I saw people coming at my friends. And I don't like that at all. So there's the situation. But here's what happens in the midst of all of this. My friends being baselessly, baselessly attacked. These things being they're being painted in a bad light. And at one point, here are the response I got, because that moment in time got brought up, and I said, they apologize for that. Here were the responses to they apologize for that. One guy said, so they admit they're wrong. Well, yes, that's what an apology was. Is that not what you want for people to see the error of their ways and correct that? But now he's using their apology as an attack against them. You see, that makes no sense to me. If someone admits wrongdoing, then suddenly you have no grounds for attack because they're like, yeah, we admitted we were wrong on this end. And the other, and the other response I saw, literally saw this, they didn't mean it. How do you know they didn't mean it? And it's interesting, now, these are two different Twitters, tweets that I saw, and, and we're not going to name names, and I'm not going to call people out because that's not what I'm here to do. Because the issue is not these people. The issue is the mindset that many of these people share. Because I believe it comes from a more insidious place. I don't know that all the motives here are altruistic, is what I'm saying. One of the parties who's going after the guys has a podcast, and on that podcast, he made a rape joke. That's pointed out to him and to his wife, who is engaged in this conversation and in these situations, who I actually think I initially engaged um, in the conversation with them. The rape joke situation is pointed out, and the first thing that's done is, well, this is just a boys will be boys moment. Why is that okay? And then the further she goes on, she says, well, she, because she's married to this gentleman, knows his heart and and it's okay she knows his heart and that he didn't really mean it 
I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt on that one. I'm sure she knows his heart. You know what? I bet he doesn't think rape is okay. I bet he doesn't. I bet he hates. That is a heinous, because there's not, I know, I imagine he's a decent person who would never condone the heinous action of rape against someone. I, he would never do that. I really believe that he's that decent a person. I, this is the thing, is I don't think the dude's a bad dude. I think there's a double standard, and I think that to say, well, I know his heart. In that spirit, and following an apology for the issue that set all this off, why not give those guys the same benefit of the doubt? When people say, people who know them say, I know their heart. I know, I've seen them with their wives and their daughters and their, and their sons. I've seen them with their children and their wives. And, and why not accept the apology and move on? I'll tell you why. It doesn't fit the agenda. They're still number one. We still want to take them down. We still don't appreciate the fact that maybe we can't, we haven't been as successful as they've been. So we're going to do what we can. It's a shame that fandom has devolved into what the real world looks like politically right now. And as I said at the outset, I'm not a victim here. I'm just trying to look at things rationally and see that there's an agenda to tear down two guys that have done nothing in the past 10 years but try to enhance our enjoyment of fandom. And I'm talking about my friends, Jason Swank and Jimmy Mac McInerney. These guys have done, they have worked hard to, to make fandom fun and special and give access to make sure, as they used to say, that no fan gets left behind. And they joke, and they'll cut up, and they'll, you know, the other thing they went at was a was a recent story about a headline. The headline was "Man Kills Wife After She Destroys the Star Wars Collection." There was a joke thrown in there. Well, I hope it was at least vintage stuff to be killing someone over. Look, no one thinks that the woman really deserved to be killed, but that's a joke. That's a joke like you would see on a late night talk show. That's a joke like you would see anywhere. And to start to hold people accountable and not be able to joke about it, the reason that whole article was written with that headline is because of the irony and the joke of it all. But we're going to go after them for making the joke that we all thought. Now, there's a huge socio-political rant that I'm tempted to go on here, but I'm going to stop short because that's not this show. I'm talking about the fandom side of things. And I'm not only a friend of Jason and Jimmy Mack, I'm a fan of what they do. And I wish I was half as talented as either of those guys. And I think it's a shame that fandom is turning on them because they either disagree with them politically or refuse to take a joke. I also find it sad that the people who are trying to tear them down refuse to have an open dialogue with them. Many tweets about them refuse to actually tag them in the show, as I said. I've seen Jimmy take the high road with people who have treated both of those guys so poorly in the past. I've seen Jimmy shake someone's hand and congratulate them on an achievement, knowing that that person was holding in their knife, in their hand, the knife that they'd used to stab both Jason and Jimmy in the back. But I saw Jimmy take the high road. I've seen these guys sit silently while they get attacked this way. I've seen it time and time again. And quite frankly, because they're friends, I just can't keep my mouth shut anymore. Because they're being smeared in a two-dimensional campaign. They're, they're having things taken out of context, and, and it's making them seem like just these two-dimensional people. Whereas we're supposed to give everyone else the benefit of the doubt. Some of the people attacking these guys have said of themselves that they were jerks 
in old forums and that they were rude to people intentionally. They were intentionally almost trollish in their behavior. The language that these people will use on their shows and their podcast is language that you would not want your children listening to necessarily. Yet Jason and Jenny Mack have striven to have a family-friendly environment so that the whole family can listen. And I'm just, I'm amazed at the double standard that's thrown out here. I've seen Jimmy take the high road. I've seen Jason take time out to talk to listeners, listeners' kids, and I've seen Jason with his own daughter. In fact, Jason has spoken at length about the care that he took with his own daughter and helping her understand what she was going to be watching when they watched Star Wars because some of the death scenes and everything made her uncomfortable, and he went out of his way to, to explain to her, and he would have never forced it on her if she didn't want to watch that kind of thing, but he helped her be more comfortable. He took the time as a loving dad to do that for his little girl. Because that's what a good father does. At the end of the day, when we characterize people in one two-dimensional way, we refuse to see the fullness of who the person is, and that's bigoted. That's intolerant. That's hateful. And hate is one of the many paths to the dark side, my friends. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting that if I went out and started going after these people and talking about them in that two-dimensional way based on one or two things they've said. Man, it would just be... Huh, that's wrong. Because I don't think any of these people are bad people. I don't. I really, truly don't. I just think that their energy is misplaced, that their thoughts are misguided, and they're taking a little too much pride in being offended. This is what I say, be kind, to quote Conan O'Brien, be kind, work hard, and don't work to tear others down. Because if you do that, when the dust settles, you'll have just as much red on your account as the other party does. A wise man once told me a bulldog can whip a skunk. That bulldog's going to stink afterwards. And I'm telling you, these people sit in the security of their false self-righteousness, and it stinks. Are they bad people? No. I think, that, I think that by and large these folks genuinely want kindness and inclusiveness to prevail for all the right reasons, but they're going about it all the wrong way. Getting someone kicked off of a podcast stage at Celebration as though these guys are going to be promoting some type of evil agenda and, and rallying the people to go out and, and, and smack a girl or, or hate, hate on someone on their way out the door, that's wrong. That's just wrong. It's the wrong way. So the mantra of goal remains the same. We're going to have fun. We're going to celebrate what we love. And quite frankly, everyone, I love my friends. I don't get involved in this stuff I, too often. You know I don't. But I'm seeing my friends smeared and attacked. They haven't asked me to do this. They don't even know I'm doing this. In fact, they'll probably not like the fact that I've done this. But I have to tell you, there are two good guys who've given a lot of time over the past decade, time away from their family, just to celebrate this thing that they love, just to try to enhance fandom. And now they're being beaten down because people didn't like a few jokes they made. It's interesting. It's interesting that when Amy Schumer 
is super vulgar on Netflix and gets a one-star review, it's because of misogyny. When maybe she just wasn't that funny. I watched her special, and it wasn't funny. I'm not... That's a geek out loud thing, I guess. And then I turn around and watch Dave Chappelle, and he's a trip, man. He was hilarious. He was well-crafted. He was funny. And there were some things I'm like, I can't believe he said that. People are going to go after him. Well, they didn't. I don't understand the standards. And if people will put a standard, if they'll draw a line in the sand and say, this is what is, then I'll go for it. Here's what is for me. Love people, man. Just love people. Don't seek to tear anyone down. And if someone wrongs you or you sense that someone is wrong, if you sense an injustice, then go about fighting that injustice the right way. Fight the injustice. Because if you get down and dirty, you're going to come up dirty. That's all there is to it. So I'm sorry to go off on this. I wanted to defend my friends, and I couldn't do it in 140 characters. I wanted to defend... I wanted to defend my friends, Jason and Jimmy Mack. And I hope that you'll give them the benefit of the doubt, understanding they're good guys who love Star Wars, who love fandom, and who just want to have a good time. And I hope that you will email them, tweet them, if you like them, and let them know you appreciate them. You don't even have to tell them I sent you. But uh, but it's just getting out of hand. On the other hand, I just would encourage everyone to love what you love, celebrate what you like to celebrate, and just have fun. And if you see people being a hater, just ignore them, especially if it's on Twitter. They're just trying to to draw you out. I was wrong. And I'll say it again. I was wrong to go on Twitter the way I did the other night and start to call people out. That was wrong of me. It was something that a 16-year-old does, and I should have known better. Um, I did know better, and that was the wrong move to make on my part. I harbor no ill will toward anyone. That's not the truth. That's not true. I do harbor a little ill will but not to the point that I'm going to try to tear anyone down or attack anybody. I just wish you'd all talk it out, give people the benefit of the doubt. Remember when people said George Lucas raped their childhood? Can we go back to that? Just because that's a lot easier to spot how stupid it is when people say it. I don't know how to transition out of this. I'm, I'm stuck. Maybe I can sing a song you have yet. Thief, shut up, Bobby. That's Bobby the Blue Whale. He has a tongue that weighs as much as an elephant. My friends, I thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Geek Out Loud. I, uh, I can't... Go see Power Rangers. Go see Power Rangers. I can't tell you enough. Go see Power Rangers. Man, we are headed into a great summer for geek movies. We're headed into a great time to be a geek. The email is geekoutonline at gmail.com. We need more. Let me know what you've been geeking out about. Look for Rebel Yell to come soon. And, um, and other stuff. We got all kinds of crap coming down the pipe. 
I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you spending your time to do so. I hope you have a great whatever you're having. We're on Twitter at Geek Out Loud. I'm at Steve Glosson. The whole Goliverse, you can follow at Goliverse to know what's going on, when it's going on. We've got a great Facebook group over on Facebook. It's facebook.com. I don't know how to get there, but it's geekoutonline.com slash group. No S, just group. Facebook, uh, geekoutonline.com slash group. Don't forget those links to Amazon, Entertainment Earth, Think Geek, and Fandango. Right now at Geek Out Loud, there are at geekoutpodcast.com, there's a link to go ahead and pre-order your Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 tickets. Also, Fate of the Furious tickets are on sale right now. And then there's a general... Uh, banner to buy your tickets from fandango it's a great service i love using fandango so check it out and uh and use those and help support the shows i love doing this show i really do and i thank you for listening and i thank you for being a part of the goaliverse and uh we will uh we'll be talking about more as, as time goes on we've got some plans and as i said we're going to have to restructure some things maybe and redo some things but uh we're going to try to make it all better for all of you. Until next time, I'm Steve Glosson, and uh, this has been Geek Out Loud, and uh, we'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud. By the way, this is like the Remember the Titans suite. I love this music. I, I haven't stopped recording it because I, I can't stop listening. This is just a great. Remember the Titans was a good movie. Denzel, all those other people. Come on. That's some good stuff. If you've not watched Remember the Titans in a while, let me encourage you. Pop it in and go watch it. I'm not watching in a while. I may go watch it. Of course, I don't know. I, it'll probably make me cry. Gosh, that movie makes me cry. Oh, when he raised his fist up in the air. Oh, man. And when Julius is going to see him, he's like, didn't you tell us my brother? Come on. Come on, man. That's some good stuff. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Oh, my gosh. Remember the times? It's so good. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Some good stuff. You know, <sighs> Wilford Brimley, diabetes. Hey, here's some other things to check out and look forward to. If you're still with us. Uh, don't forget the Starkville shows covering Flash and Supergirl. And even Smallville. We're going back through Smallville now that's on Hulu. Not that we didn't have the DVDs. It just seemed like a timely thing to do so. And, uh, oh, we've got a new podcast coming. Derek and I, we're working on it. We're trying to get enough in the, in the, uh, in the, in the can. But I'll tell you guys, since you've stuck around this long to tell you. Uh, we're doing, it's called With Brian Austin Green. It's a podcast with us 
and Brian Austin Green. What does Bobby think about Remember Titans? I tell you what, I love Remember the Titans. That's one of the best. I could have played football with those boys. Actually, I probably would have sung in the locker room with them. Ain't no mountain high. Ain't no valley low. So anyhow, wait, what? I'm not talking. Uh, so with Brian Austin Green, we're going to be taking a topic and just talking with Brian Austin Green about it. And uh, we've done one show. It's in the can. And uh, it may go out sooner than later. So watch your feeds for that. Watch the Twitter for that. Hear the music building up. Um, go see Power Rangers. That's all I can tell you is go, go, go Power Rangers. Go, go CC Power Rangers. Unless you hadn't seen Kong Skull Island, then go see that. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.